So, well, hey, I'm, I am excited uh, again just to get to continue in the book of Acts this morning. Who was here last week for the family service with the kids? Wasn't that awesome, you guys? It was great to worship with the kids in this space and to see what Pastor Zach and our kids' ministries leaders are doing with our kids. Know that, that it is not child care, it's ministry. Our kids are getting ministered to. They're learning God's word. They're learning his principles. Uh, it's, it's a great, great opportunity for kids. And, and so if you, you know someone who has kids and they're not connected to a church... Um, Get them connected in that way. Say, hey, we got a great kids ministry for your kids. And by the way, you'll love church too. But, you know, you can invite them for both things. So I didn't get to preach about Acts last week. But two Sundays ago, if you'll remember with me, we learned that it's important to to give and share what we've been given by God. Uh, We learned that it's important to be honest with ourselves, to be honest with others, and to be honest with God about what we're giving. And then we also learned that we shouldn't give or we shouldn't serve in order to direct attention to ourselves. If you're saying, man, I missed that message, you can just go to our app and all of our messages are in there. You can get caught up if you're a little bit behind on it. So that was, that was last week. This week, the title of the message is Christianity Stinks. I'm not sure if you have noticed this, but secretly I am hoping that you have, and that is that I stink. Not only do I stink, my wife and most of my kids stink too. Let me tell you what I mean by that. The very first Christmas after God healed me of an incurable disease, a little over 23 years ago, That very first Christmas, we had my family to our house for the Christmas celebration. My family doesn't know Jesus as their Savior. Uh, We saw this as this great opportunity to share Jesus with them. We thought, you know, they've seen me be completely disabled. They see that I'm now completely healed. This would be a great opportunity to just share what Jesus has done in our lives aside from that. And so as we gathered for Christmas, we read the Christmas story out of the Bible. And as we did that, my family was repulsed. Even though I grew up in a, in a family that we were in church every single Sunday morning, but we never heard the gospel preached. And so my family was, was repulsed. I would even say that they began to treat us as if, as if we smelled. I mean, they, they were like, we don't really want to have part in fellowship with you. I was thinking that this was going to be a great opportunity for them to come to Christ. And the reality is they still haven't after 23 years. I still pray because I believe that the Holy Spirit continues to pursue them until the day they take their last breath. And I know that there are people in their lives that are sharing Jesus with them. Um, So don't ever give up in sharing just because you've shared and and someone says, no, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. You know, if, if we think about it, haven't we all had friends, neighbors, loved ones, coworkers, uh, people who, who 
after we shared Jesus with them, began to treat us like we smelled. You know, I I would say actually if some people in your life are not treating you as if you smell, there might be a problem with whether you're actually a follower of Jesus. If they can't detect that Jesus is a part of your life without you even opening your mouth, then there may be some things in your life that need to change. Well, I want us to look at what God's word has to say about this because believe it or not, Paul says that believers smell. It's in God's word. I'm not kidding you. So turn with me to 2 Corinthians, if you will. 2 Corinthians. In fact, Paul says believers smell so much that they're thrown into jail. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'll be reading, and it'll be on the screen behind me. But chapter 2 and verse 14, Paul says, But thank God, he has made us his captives, and he continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are like a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we're a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this. You see, we are not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. You see, in verse 15 and verse 16 here, Paul says, You stink, you have an aroma. He says, Our lives are a Christ like fragrance. Rising up to God. He, he says that it's so bad that either we bring life or we bring death with that aroma that we give off as followers of Jesus. To those who are perishing, we're a dreadful smell of death and doom. To those who are being saved, we're a life-giving perfume. You're saying, well, Pastor Bob, what is 2 Corinthians? What's that got to do with the book of Acts? Well, we're going to get there in just a second. But here's the thing. The apostles had two problems because they stank. Because they were healing the sick and delivering the oppressed, the aroma that brings life and death, people were coming to the apostles in crowds. You might say, well, that's, that's a good problem. Well, it is, it is kind of a good problem, except problem number two came into play, and that is the religious leaders were jealous because they were healing the sick. They were delivering the oppressed, and that aroma that brings life and death, people were coming to the apostles in crowds to receive what God had instead of going to the religious leaders. And the religious leaders were jealous. 
so jealous that they threw the apostles in jail for building the kingdom of God. Now we get to Acts chapter 5, and you'll understand why I read the earlier passage, and again, it'll be behind me on the screen, chapter 5, and starting at verse 12. It says, The apostles were performing many miracles and signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across them as he went by. Guys, people were getting healed just by going through the shadow of the apostles. What an incredible time that's going on here. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and all those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. The high priest and his officials, who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and they put them in the public jail. So back in verse 13, it says, No one dared join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Well, why was it no one dared join them? They didn't dare join them because they were afraid they were going to get thrown into prison, just like the apostles. That's why they were afraid to be apart. But there was a secondary thing that's not really talked about here, but we need to know, and that is the religious leaders of the day, if they decided you were doing something they didn't want you to do, they could throw you out of the church. And now all of your family, all of your friends, the people that you have relationship and connection with in Christ, you are no longer allowed to be a part. And so that's why they were afraid. They were afraid if they went along with what Jesus was doing, what the Holy Spirit was doing through these apostles, that they might get thrown in jail or possibly worse, get kicked out of their church by the religious leaders. So that's, that's why they were afraid. And in verse 17, we see that very thing where it says the high priest and his officials who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy. Guys, know this. When other churches around us are prospering and they're growing and people say, hey, that church down the street, there's amazing things happening. That church is growing. I rejoice in that. That means that the kingdom is growing and we should do the same thing. There's nothing to be jealous about. We're all on the same team, you guys. And, and, but that's what the religious leaders of the day were doing. They were upset because it wasn't them, the religious leaders who were building the kingdom. It was these regular guys who were fishermen and tax gatherers and carpenters. And so, so these guys that had no religious training were growing the kingdom of God. And people were getting healed. Even in their shadows, people were getting healed. And the religious leaders were like, oh, we can't have this. We got to stop this movement because we want to be in control. So then this cool thing happens. 
the apostles are thrown into jail. And, and go with me to verse 19, where it says, But an angel of the Lord came at night and opened the gates of the jail and brought them out. And he told them, Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple, as they were told, and immediately began teaching. When the high priest and his officials arrived, they convened the high council, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and then they sent for the apostles to be brought from the jail for trial. So here we see this picture of the apostles, these regular guys whose God is using so powerfully to transform lives. The moment they get out of jail, an angel lets them out. First of all, how cool is that, right? An angel lets them out of jail. And then what's the first thing they do? They do exactly what the angel, what the Holy Spirit told them to do. They go back into the courts and they begin to preach the gospel again, doing exactly the same thing even though they were threatened for their lives, for being put in jail, for being kicked out of the church, they were not going to be stopped. And why was that? It's because they were full of the Holy Spirit, you guys. Before the Spirit came, that's why Jesus said to them, wait until the Holy Spirit comes, till the promised helper comes. Because they needed the Holy Spirit to do that, to have that boldness and confidence. They wouldn't have done it without the Holy Spirit. And neither will you or I. If we do not depend on the Holy Spirit and ask him to give us the boldness and the confidence to do what he's called us to do, we won't do it either. We chicken out. Hey, I'm going to admit to you sometimes even with the Holy Spirit, I chicken out. None of you do that. That's just me. But that's what's happening in this picture is the apostles get out of jail and the first thing they do is they go right back at it again because they're so compelled, they're so convicted that people need Jesus, that they're willing to risk their lives, they're willing to be put into jail, they're not going to stop. And the story goes on in verse 22. So I read to you how the high priest and the officials arrived and And then they sent for the apostles to be brought out from the jail. Verse 22, it says, But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone. So they returned to the council and reported. Here's the thing, you guys. When the temple guards found the apostles gone, this is a big deal. This isn't just that there's a jailbreak that's taken place. The people who are in charge of watching those apostles, they are now under threat of death by the public leaders for letting someone escape. So this isn't a small thing. So the the council leaders show up and (laughs) it says they returned to the council and they reported the jail was securely locked with the guards standing outside. But when we opened the gates, no one was there. So these people who were guarding were like, really? Dude, I was there all night. I was awake. I don't know where they went. And then it says in verse 24, when the captain of the temple guard and the leading priests heard this, they were perplexed, wondering how it all end. Can you just see them? Hmm. These guys disappeared out of the jail, 
I wonder what's going to happen next. They're perplexed. Uh, to me, I think it's such a softening of, I'm sure they were like, I can't believe they got out. But no, they were perplexed. Hmm. So, <laughs> going on in verse 27. What happens is the, capo, the, the captain and the temple guards, they, they find out after being perplexed that the apostles are back in the marketplace again. They're in the temple and they're preaching again. And so they send uh, people there to get them. And it says in verse 27, they brought them before the high council where the high priest confronted them. And in verse 28 says, didn't we tell you never again to teach in this man's name? Instead, you filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death. (laughs) Now, here's the Holy Spirit kicking in. Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. Not only are they not scared to share the gospel in the marketplace, they are telling these leaders, you killed Jesus. Again, the boldness, the confidence of the Holy Spirit, giving them the ability to share the truth of God's word. It's why we need the Holy Spirit, you guys. It's it's not about the speaking in tongues. It's not about the gifts, although those gifts are awesome and they're wonderful. What it's about is us sharing God's word. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about. That's why it's important for us to seek more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we have the confidence to do what he's called us to do. You know, you would, you would think that the apostles would be scared just getting out of jail and everything. And th- what even blows my mind more is you would think that the religious leaders would be excited to see people healed, to see demons cast out, but instead... They were furious. They were furious because they were jealous because they weren't part of the action that was going on. And instead, these newcomers who had no experience, they were not religious leaders, God was using them to bring transformation to the lives of people. And what this should tell us, you guys, is that's who we are. We are the regular guys like the apostles that God has called to bring transformation to this community, to the communities that we live in. I realize that that we have people that come from about a 40-mile radius. God has called you at your place of work, in your community, to your neighbors. It's not a coincidence that you live where you live. God's plan is to use you to draw them to Jesus. And his plan is not to leave you hanging out there all by yourself. His plan is to give you the Holy Spirit to give you the boldness and the confidence to do it. 
And all we need to do each day is say, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Give me the boldness. Give me the confidence. Give me the supernatural wisdom I need to lead my friend to Jesus. And, you know, a a big part of that even is just becoming so close, so intimate with the Holy Spirit and his voice, knowing when he leads that when we're talking to that coworker, they say something and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, here's your opening. This, This is the time right now. Frank needs to hear. So, Again, the, the religious leaders, they're, they're upset because the regular people are getting used. As your pastor, know this. I am overjoyed. I am overjoyed when I hear you tell me about, hey, I got to witness to my friend at work. Or I got to pray for this person in Walmart. Or I got to, you know, that, that the Holy Spirit led you to do something and you did it. And you may not have seen an an immediate result or you might have seen an immediate result. For me, I'm like, yes, you're doing what God called you to do. I get excited to hear that. I mean, the only thing that excites me more than that is, I mean, I love to get to be part of it myself. But not to the point where, where only I get to be the part, you guys. In fact, I want you guys to be the part. I just want to stand back and go, yeah, that's the people church. They're going after God. They're letting the Holy Spirit lead them. They're drawing people to Jesus. That's, that's, I want to be that guy that, that when, I, when I go down to the flower house for a cup of coffee, people say, you know, your people pray for people. Yeah, you know, your people pray for people. I'm going to be like, yeah. That's what I told them God wants them to do. Right? So, My point in all of this is, you know, we should, there, there's all those physical things that we can do by the leading of the Holy Spirit, but, but just the way we live our lives every day, people should be able to tell that we're followers of Jesus. That sweet fragrance of love and life is like the garden in the spring. And people are drawn to us, want to be by us, near us because of that life, the Holy Spirit in us. People should be able to notice that. I mean, I think we're in trouble if we go to share Jesus with someone and they say to us, oh, I didn't know you were a follower of Jesus. Right? So we, we should have a fragrance. We should We should stink. (laughs) We should stink with the love of Christ. We should be a fragrance that brings life and love. And and but know this, there are gonna be people in our lives as well that are gonna reject that gospel message, and to them we're gonna smell like a sewer. To them, they're gonna be like, Okay, last time I saw Bob, he told me about Jesus. I'm not, I'm not ready yet. I don't want to hear more. Some people are going to do that. Don't take it personally. Understand that our role is just to share that message when the opportunity comes, when the Spirit leads. And how people receive that message, that's not up to us. That's up to the Holy Spirit. 
And, and some people will immediately respond. Other people won't. Just know that you are in the line of people that are sharing with them. Know that if the Holy Spirit has led you to share Christ with somebody, someone else has likely done it before you. And there'll be a multiple of people after you that will share Christ with them. And the Holy Spirit will continue to pursue and convict and convince. And then somebody down the line is going to share Jesus with someone and they're going to get saved and they're going to be rejoicing because they led someone to Jesus and they'll tell you the story and, and you'll be going in the back of your mind because you're not going to be jealous. You're going to say, oh yeah, Sally? Yeah, I shared Jesus with Sally three and a half years ago outside Walmart. That's not what's going to happen. What you're going to do is inside you're going to go, yeah, Sally finally met Jesus, right? Well, six of you agree with me. Thank you. Um, I hope that's how you're going to respond. I hope we're going to rejoice, not be like the Sadducees who were jealous and throw people into the spiritual jail because they got to be the one that God used. Because that's what happened in this story. My goal as your pastor is that you would be smelly when you leave people church every week. I want you to stink when you leave this building with the fragrance of Christ, right? You understand where I'm going with that. I know I'm, try- I'm trying to be funny and it's probably not. But, you know, it's in God's word. God's word says that's, that's who we are. Says we're a fragrance, we're an aroma. So I'm not making stuff up. That's, that's who I want you to be. I want, I want, to, I want people to say, yeah, that, that person, they go to people church. And they go, they're going after God. They pray. They read the Bible. They're excited about seeing people come to know him. So, so what does this mean to you? I think the question the Holy Spirit would ask us is, how smelly are we? <laughs> Do people know we're followers of Jesus? Without us literally saying it to them, can they tell there's something different about our life? Can they go look at that person and and they go, yeah, it's obvious this person is a person who prays, is a person who goes after God, he knows God's word. You know, can can they tell that? Are you smelly? Is your fragrance the aroma, the strong smell of life and death, or is it undetectable? If you told your neighbor who lives across the street that you were a follower of Jesus, would they be shocked? I hope not. And the closer we become to Jesus, the more we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh, the more we are going to smell like him, the more we are going to be life and death. And that's what he's called us to be as his followers. And know that, that if you're being treated like Jesus, which Jesus was not always treated well, if you're being treated like Jesus, then you probably smell like him. Then that aroma is probably coming off of you. I'd like us just to watch a quick video.
Stand with me, if you will, and we'll close this morning. You know, you were created with a purpose. You were created with a purpose. You were created to shine and produce the aroma of life. God expects us to leave here today with the stench of Jesus and to spread it around in real and tangible ways. You know, I mentioned a little earlier about us really reaching about a 40-mile radius. And so I don't really, I don't even know, honestly, where most of the towns are yet. I'm just learning where things are here in Illinois. But I know where Princeton is, and I know what the population of Princeton is. And I have a pretty good idea of how many people in Princeton are actually connected to a church. Not even saying they have heard the gospel, just connected to a church. There are literally thousands in Princeton alone who don't know Jesus. And so we multiply that times the people in your communities, in your region, who don't know Jesus. Guys, there's so many opportunities for us to share Jesus around us. I encourage you every day as you seek the Lord in the morning to say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me afresh? Show me who you want me to share Jesus with today. Show me who you want me to pray with today. Show me who you want me to encourage today. And then as the Holy Spirit shows you, it might even be at that very moment, but throughout the day as the Holy Spirit shows you, do it. Step out in boldness and confidence with the Holy Spirit's help and do what he calls you to do and watch what God does. It's so exciting, you guys, to get to be a part of it, to get to be a part of transformation in somebody's life. And it's what he's called us to do. So as we live more and more like Jesus, we know that that there's not gonna be guarantees how others will respond don't worry about how people respond. That's not, our, that's not our calling. That's not our job. Our job is just to share what Jesus has done. It's the Holy Spirit's job to bring the response. So, so put it on the Holy Spirit. Don't feel bad if they don't respond the way you want them to. Don't feel bad if they even don't like you afterwards. It's still the Holy Spirit's deal. It's not ours. And we don't need to twist arms to get others to trust Jesus. We just need to love like him. That's all we need to do. And I pray that we would not be offended if others reject us like they reject Jesus, that instead we'd be honored. And we'd say, thank you, Jesus, for giving me the opportunity to share. I look forward to hearing when, and you fill in the blank, comes to know Jesus. I look forward to when somebody else shares Jesus with them and they decide to follow. We are all just part of what he's doing. We're part of that plan. We're part of reaching people. And some of us get to be number one and sometimes people respond immediately or we get to be number 1,462 and they respond. And hopefully the 1,461 are all going, yeah, they finally chose to follow Jesus. We we get to be a part of that. Father, I pray this morning that you would 
anoint us with your Holy Spirit. God, I ask that you would fill each of these afresh with your spirit to the overflowing. Give them a holy boldness and a confidence to share what you have done in their lives with the people that you've placed around them at work, in school, in their neighborhoods, in their families. God, we long to hear the testimonies of people who come to know you. We long to hear the testimonies of people that have been prayed for and they were healed, people who were delivered of addictions in their lives. God, we long just to get to be a very small part of that in building your kingdom. Lord, I ask that you would bless these, encourage them, strengthen them, give them peace until we come together again in Jesus' name. Amen.